What is up, my listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. And with us this week, we are joined by no other than my dad. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a couple opinions on state parks here in the Keystone State. Some hunting, some fishing, and also a trip that he just came back from up in Maine hunting snowshoe hares. So if that tick was your fancy and you want to hear us bullshit this entire episode... Stay tuned. I think you guys are really going to like this one. If you have any questions regarding this episode, feel free to reach out to me or my father here on the Instagram page or any other social platform that you may use. Thank you. Enjoy and God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Today is a special episode and I am joined by my dad. Mark Patnetti, Dad, what's going on? I'm not special. I'm just <laughs> Dad. That's all. So this will be a good episode. We have a lot to talk about. And um, you just got back from, from a hunting trip. I just got back uh, from the great state of Maine. And uh, we were up there hunting snowshoe hares. Yeah. Something that I just obsessed by. And... Uh, um, you know, everybody's always keen on uh, doing the big game thing, mm-hmm. you know, deer, bear, yep. buffalo, water buffalo, whatever the hell you want to say. You know what I mean? Yep. But let me tell you what, there is nothing in the world more challenging than going to hunt the snowshoe hare. <laughs> I'm just, that's just the bottom line. And we could talk about it for hours, but I just, you know, you know me, I like to hunt everything. But there's something that calls me to go hunt these snowshoe hares. Yeah. And basically, the only difference between a snowshoe hare and a cottontail, hares live on the ground, cottontails burrow. Um, um, they're, just to give you an idea, a male snowshoe hare is called a buck and a female snowshoe hare is called a doe. So that just gives you an idea. The only thing they're... The bucks are missing, or maybe little antlers, which would be great. But anyhow. How do you know they didn't shed them? No, they didn't shed them. <laughs> but, uh, but all in all, it's, uh, I try to do it uh, once a year if I can. It's a good cabin fever break. Uh, a lot of people don't know of snowshoe hare hunting. Um, the only reason why I go to Maine is where they're more densely populated. I mean, you can go to the Adirondacks, New York. You can probably do New Hampshire, the northern part, and Vermont. But it seems if you get up above there, I, I don't know the parallels and all that crap. But if you seem to get above there, up mid-Maine to northern Maine, they seem to be more populated other than this year here, the... Uh, the the uh the they're on their decline and mm-hmm. what they do is every 10 years they peak in population and then they start declining and then they'll it's just a it's a cycle well we just this year here we hit that cycle where they were on the decline and truthfully after all the years i've been up there i think this is probably the the lowest they are so they're now they're going to start climbing uh, the population wasn't there this year as as as, as it is usually, and um, um, but it's always a good time. It doesn't make a difference. It's uh, you know I spent a week up there, 
and uh, the place I go to, uh, 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 all you need to do is bring gun and in, in your gear. He provides the dogs uh, means to get back into the woods, uh, like snowmobiles or quads or whatever means, uh, his vehicles. And, of course, the meals are included and uh, your lodging. And uh, it's uh, it's it just it's just an all around just get away good trip if you're looking to do something like right before our trout season's coming in and uh you get that cabin fever and you can you got a good group of guys who just want to go hunt i'll, I'll keep calling them hares but if you just want to call them rabbits that's fine just go up there and hunt rabbits it's it's a great time and and, and of course marcus you know you've been on on a hunt with me up there too and mm-hmm. you you know uh you know what a challenge it is too it's well, not i think i think that I want to get into this conversation a little more, but <clears throat> we jumped right into it. So yeah, I know. I just Sorry. let's go back real quick and let's do an introduction for you. Just introduce yourself real quick, because a lot of our listeners know who you are. They know a lot about you, but introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll jump right back into the challenges of the snowshoe hare hunt. Oh well, I'm just I'm I'm your dad, and I'm Mark Petnatty, and and the people that do know me, I do a lot of hunting. Um, Ah, not always successful, but most of the time successful. And and everybody knows that I'm not a trophy white-tailed deer hunter by no means, but I do have trophies on the wall. And and it's uh it's uh you know the way I was raised, uh, growing up with my dad was um, let's uh you know, you know uh, uh, respectable buck comes through. Even a uh, you know back in the day there was no antler restrictions. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up, pretty much, you know, a spike filled the freezer, you know, yeah. and, and, and I'm all for antler restrictions. I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm not. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, but, you know, it, put it this way, so it was like this, as far as deer goes. If you don't shoot that buck, the guy down below is, <laughs> down below is going to shoot it. Right. So anyhow, so I was raised that way. And, of course, uh, you know, everybody matures through life. And especially in the hunting aspect. And, and uh, I moved on to killing bigger bucks, but I'll go right back to my roots. That big buck was the first buck to come through. Mm-hmm. And simple as that. Um, I grew up mainly hunting um, small game, uh, squirrel, rabbit, uh, you know, grouse, stuff like that. And I really didn't get introduced into the archery scene of whitetail until I was in my 30s. And uh, uh, the only reason going back to it, I was raised on small game, and then we had our rifle for deer. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so basically, small game, you know, we had beagles, hunted cottontails here. And so uh, basically that, that you know, that was the, uh, the start of it. And, of course, you know, just like I raised you boys, once you get that first taste of the, the hunt, and and of course the kill and and stuff like that and you're putting food on the table and then your hook line and sinker from there. Yeah. But uh, no, that's just the way I was raised and uh, it was uh, it was always squirrel, rabbit, and then you hunt a deer with rifle. Mm-hmm. And then I got introduced into archery and never realized actually what I was missing especially during the rut. <laughs> yeah. You, you know that that rut is just you know it. it it's uh you know they think 
you think it makes the uh, the white tail bucks crazy, what well, makes the humans crazy too. So I'm just letting you know it's uh, right. it's fascinating when you're in the woods during that time of yeah. season. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's things that you see are unbelievable. Oh, it's really. very magical, very magical. Um, but you know, it's funny that you bring up like the way it was in the past because I think that even I know the audience for this show is a younger audience. When I say younger, it's like I'm gonna say <clears throat> maybe a couple years ahead of me. And younger, just because that's the whole podcast scene. I understand. But it's wild how far Pennsylvania has come when in the whitetail hunting with the antler restrictions. And I mean, you can attest to it. So I want to, I want you to touch base on that. Just what you've seen from the antler restrictions in our state. I hope to God to never get rid of it. (laughs) And, uh, I, uh, you know, I do respect, uh, I, I don't know all the laws of the antler restrictions. I I know the youth can kill anything. Mm Mm-hmm. And is it is it the uh, the retirees? No, I don't believe so. The veterans can though, right? I think there is something set in place for them. Right, I know for right. the license, which there which is. I th- which I think is great because you know we got to introduce the the young into and as far as our veterans, you know me, right? Hey, I love them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't say no more. Thank you for for everything. And uh, you know you know just just uh, I'll just touch one little thing on the veterans because we do have some family that's in the uh the uh uh what would you call it marcus uh the armed the armed forces community mm-hmm. and a lot of people do not know what the families go through right with the moving from base to base and all that kind of stuff and uh i see it firsthand and it's not only god bless you for the your time on the battlefield for what you sacrifice but it's not only that it's what your family had to sacrifice no matter if it was wartime or not. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, God bless you. And I, I you know, I, I think they should get everything under the sun. But uh, getting back to the antler restrictions, I think it's the greatest thing. And I just fear for right now. I fear right now that the, uh, the Pennsylvania Game Commission is going to change it back because they want more deer killed. And I hope they don't do it. Because I've seen a big difference in the quality of animals that are being taken in the state of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, letting letting them grow up, and and you know, and and, and listen, I'll bite my tongue right now because I've shot many of spikes, many of four points, but that's the way it was when I was growing up, right? You know, and uh, and it was a hard, it was a hard bone to bite when they first come out with the antler restriction. And after a couple of years of what I seen was going on, I don't know how long it's been in now because time flies by when you're older. Oh, geez. I would say. And, uh, you know. 16. So I don't know. I. Uh, 12, 13, 14 years. I don't. I, I, I see the difference. Big time. Big time difference. You know, and like I said, being from the old school era, I, uh, I would say, uh. Please, let's keep that. I mean, if you want more deer killed, give out more doe permits. And getting back to the doe permit, truthfully, my opinion of a doe permit should be like a buck permit. You get a buck permit, you can go anywhere in the state and kill a buck. Mm -hmm. I think it should be the same with the doe. And if they really want to get a good count on the... um, Kills? Yes. Mm -hmm. Then here's what you do. Get a doe tag with your license or however they want to do it. They're still going to make the money on it, which is, I'm all for that. 
And uh, once you kill that animal, you should have to check it in at a check station somewhere, like a, a Dick's or a Dunham's or a, mm-hmm. or a Phil's Hunting and Fishing or Evansburg Hunting and Fishing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're issued another doe tag once you checked it in. Right. And now that report card is 100% correct. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're going to earn a doe. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of people probably think, right, oh, geez, we kill too many deer and blah, blah, blah. Well, listen. It doesn't make a bit of difference. The game commission is going to find a way to get these deer killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can bring in these guys, these sharpshooters or whatever they want to do and cause this and cause that kind of trouble and stuff like that. Um, we all want to see more deer. I'm one of them. It's just that uh, some areas are just so densely populated. And, uh, of course, you know, we... Uh, we don't get to hunt in densely populated areas because sometimes they're posted and stuff like that are privately owned and, uh, you know, um, but that would be a good way of doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ohio used to have that. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. Where you had to check the animal in and they, and they even put a tag on the animal. You remember? Yeah. Yep. Uh, for transportation. Mm, little metal tag. And I thought it was a great thing. Yeah, that Pennsylvania should have adopted, but, you know, hey, every state's different, you know. Um, But I hope that they do not left this antler restriction because of this chronic waste disease. And you know how I feel about chronic waste disease. We're not going to do a segment on chronic waste disease. Mm -hmm. It's all opinionated as far as I'm concerned. I just think that it's overrated. Um. I've hunted a lot, and you know how much time I spend in the woods. I've yet to see a deer that is actually sick with chronic waste, and I ain't saying it's out there. It's like it's like COVID. It's out there. It doesn't make a bit of difference. It's out there. I just think it's a. Uh, I think it's. I think it's uh, nature's way of taking care of its own. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just my personal opinion. I. I, you know, you hear a lot of talk and rumors and, and I, I don't want to get into all that stuff because you can believe whatever you want to believe. Um, you know, they're worried about the elk herd getting it and stuff like that. Well, it's already known that CWD lives in the ground and eventually the elk are going to get it too. It's just, you know, I know they're trying to prevent it and I'm okay with that, but I think they push that stuff a little bit too far, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm not on this podcast a diss on our game commission because we do have to have protections for this natural resource that we have. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that. It's, um, I don't think it's being heard. I don't think the people's voices are being heard mm-hmm. by the game commission. They just do what they want to do when they want to do it. Right. And that's, and, and I have nothing against them. I really, you know, yeah. like I said, I, listen, I wouldn't want to be a game warden. Yeah, I wouldn't want job. I wouldn't want that job. I'm I'm sure you don't have many friends if you're a game warden. And it's not it's not because everybody's an outlaw. Not no, not everybody's an outlaw. What it is is not everybody agrees with what you are doing. Right. Okay. It's simple as that. And and uh, and I would not want to have that job. God bless some guys that do have that job. It just it uh, sometimes I just think that uh, they have too much power and control. Yeah. And that's all, you know. But I don't know how the hell we went from one thing to the next. Yeah. Where did this all start from? <laughs> it's easy to get off track. It is. It, it is. is. It's easy to get off track. Well, getting back to everything, we were on small game, am I correct? Yeah, so 
before we even get back into the small game hunting, let's go down the road of... So, before you started archery hunting in your 30s. Yes. Okay. Now, before that, you know, I mean, archery hunting was not what it is today. Well, it was, but to the blind people, it wasn't. We didn't know that much about the archery. Mm -hmm. And, of course, of course, the uh, the equipment that we had at that time right. wasn't what we have now. Oh, now right. I'm not talking crossbows. I'm just talking compounds in general. Right. You know, it it started off with the uh, the recurve. The recurve was a big thing when I was growing up, and then I think it was uh, I don't want to say Browning was the first one out with it, but I have an original Browning compound mm -hmm. bow that's basically it's all wood. Mm -hmm. It's basically a recurve with a pulley wheel system on it and everything like that. You know, that's when everything got to be a little bit more. Um, how can I say? Um, I don't want I got to watch what I say. I don't want to say a long bow or a uh, recurve is unethical. I don't want to do that. But it made the compound made it more. What I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Not ethical, but more precision. Mm -hmm. Precision, I should say. I should say precision. Well, the fact of the matter is, you know, the gentlemen, the men and women that are that are using primitive means like a recurve and a longbow yeah they're putting hours and hours oh, yeah, and hours yeah 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 and, and and you know what marcus it, it all boils down to the bottom line it doesn't make a difference even if you're throwing a knife at an animal or or even an axe mm -hmm. it's all shot placement right you know we all make mistakes and 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 don't make that shot placement you know it doesn't matter what you're using you got to practice that shot placement, mm -hmm. you know, or, or practice period with the weapon that you're going to use. Right. And once you perfect it, then, then you're as good as gold. I mean, it's, it's simple as that, but you know, even sometimes in the heat of the moment, you know, you could be perfected on that instrument that you're using or weapon or whatever you want to call it. And you still make a mistake. Right. Well, yeah, you, you right. didn't see that twig right. at twilight. Right. You didn't. You know, you know. Yeah, lots can happen. Well, and, you know, we always hear it that, oh, the, the archers wound these deer and we never get them. Mm -hmm. Well, how many deer are wounded by rifles? I'm sure and there's not a lot. You know, it, there's a balance there, and, and, and everybody's going to look at it like that. But, you know, like I said, everything's opinionated. That's why we do podcasts. Exactly. You know, not everybody's going to agree with Mark what Mark Patnatty's saying, but they might agree with what Johnny bluff over here that you interview next week has to say you mm -hmm. see what i'm saying it's it's all opinionated but um well that's the beauty of being able to talk right. about all this stuff right right and 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 even the ones that don't spend a lot of time in the woods don't have to spend the time in the woods if they're doing their homework at home right you know with the weapon of their choice that they're going to use mm -hmm. i mean that that goes a long way because you know as well as i do it's 90% luck right. to get the opportunity. And then it's 10% skill right. to make the shot. Yeah. That's, you know, so. Yeah, there's, you you have to be in the right spot at the right time. Well, that, that, that too, but homework helps. You, right. You, you got to, you have to put yourself in that opportunity. You're going to, you know, you could take a guess and get lucky. Right. But if you're doing it year in and year out. Right. Like some people are doing. Right. right. You are. Right. And I've I've you had, have it down to a science. I've had I've had so many people ask me, "Why are you so successful at what you do?" And it's basically 
you know, they say you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to do homework too. <laughs> I mean, that plays a part. And of course, you know, time. That's number one. You got to have time to put in the woods. And don't get me wrong. Some people go out for two hours. They kill a buck. And I'm not saying a big one or a little one. Don't make a bit of difference. Uh, the trophies in the eye, they'll be older. And, 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 and that's great because it's happened to me and it's happened to you. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, holy crap, my season's over. I'm tagged out. Yep. You know, I was only in the woods two it's hours. It's bittersweet. <laughs> yes, it is a bittersweet thing, you know. You know, and then, and then, and then of course, we're lucky enough, fortunate enough that we can other go to states. other states, yeah. which makes it even nicer. And, and nope. you know, not everybody is fortunate enough, but what I want to tell the people that aren't fortunate enough is you can make that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if, if, if it's financial, plan a year in advance. Yeah. You know, make it happen. Right. You know, get out. And that's where I go back into the hare hunt thing. You know, I'm very fortunate that I can go to Maine every year and do that. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who's listening to this podcast, and be like, damn, that would be great to go do right. it. Listen, take a year. Right. Put the money away. Make it your goal that you want to go the next year mm-hmm. and you want to go do that. Just give it a try. Give it a taste. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a cottontail hunter. I mean, if you're a cottontail hunter... You go up there and hunt hares. It's, it's kind of the same, except these uh, rabbits aren't running little circles; they're running big circles. Yeah, you know, and it's it's pretty neat. It it really is. It's it's. Yeah, sometimes by the time the dog turns them, you can't even hear the dog. You're right. Back. You're right. They're seven, eight hundred yards away. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's why the guides up there they use uh, they use GPS or satellite or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it to. Uh, to watch the dogs mm-hmm. i mean they can actually see when that dog's turning that rabbit and he's they're bringing it back and yeah uh, it's real similar to running coyotes in, this, in that sense yeah it's a bigger animal well you know a deer will do a circle too yeah oh yeah yeah but you know but you know how far it's going to run before it comes back around all well, depends and on how thick know. it is too well that too but anyhow <laughs> but um, yeah you know when you were when you were growing up mm-hmm. the small game hunting i mean and i bring this up in the podcast all the time it's just not the same. Well, there's just, I mean, there, I, there's guys that hunt small game and we know them, you know, most of the time it's the second season. And the reason is because the deer hunting is going on in the first part of the season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have suggested and brought this up and I don't know that, I, that I've said this to you before, but they don't want to have the legislative act does not want us to have Sunday hunting right now. Right. And I think it's coming in due time. I think it is. But Mm -hmm. in the meanwhile, why can't we hunt small game on Sunday? Well, I got, uh, I got mixed emotions about Sunday hunting. It has nothing to do with church. It has nothing to do with the, uh, um, the day of rest Mm -hmm. and whole nine yards like that. But, um, the older you get, you know, I know you, I know you're talking to a younger crowd, the older you get. It's like to have that Sunday off where it's like when nobody else is in the woods and I'm not allowed to go into the woods, you know, and it's like, yeah, let's rest. You know, (laughs) when I was younger, I'd be like, son of a bitch, there's a frost on the ground. This is like the perfect freaking morning. We've been waiting for it and we can't go in the woods. You You see what I'm saying? So, you know, that's my mixed emotion over it. But, you know, we live in a free country and. 
And uh, the animals don't know if it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know. Right. And and, and, and ain't it funny? We're allowed to fish on a Sunday. Right. But you're not allowed to hunt on a Sunday. So, yeah, I foresee it coming. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Ohio's had it for ever since I've known. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Maine don't have it. You're not allowed to hunt in Maine on Sundays. Um, uh, I don't think Indiana. We were in Indiana. Are you allowed to hunt on Sundays? Oh, yeah. Are you? I, can, mm-hmm. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, and that's pretty pretty you know yeah so some states have it some states don't but you know for for some people you know sunday might be that day you know nobody's in the woods i'm going to go check my game cameras mm-hmm. um i'm going to go check for sign i'm going to do some scout you know um it which is a good thing too but uh you know if there is sunday hunting then you know you just adapt like mm-hmm. anything else you know right you know it's you, you don't have that day of break you don't have Hey, you want to go check your game cameras? Take the worst stormiest day of the season, you know, the Sunday that they're Sunday on, and go out and do it then because you know that the the, the you know it's, the game ain't going to be moving so much, mm-hmm. and there ain't going to be much activity in the woods. There ain't right. going to be people. So it's it's yeah, it's I got mixed emotions about it. I mean, there are Sundays I wish I was in the woods, and there's Sundays that I'm glad I had off. So right. it's it's you know. But yeah, it, it's gonna come eventually. It's gonna come. Um, um, it ain't gonna be up to your legislators. It's gonna be up to your game commission. No, you're wrong. Well, I don't. I don't believe that. Uh, okay. So, so, but anyhow, we're not gonna even get into that. That's just my personal opinion. They put it this way: your game commission will have the last say in whether it's Sunday hunting or not. Yeah, they will. But no they matter, don't. no matter if the legislators say they want it or not. They'll have the last say in it. And you you, you know how I feel about that. Here, I'll, I'll put it this way. I want your listeners to know this. Every other state that I hunt, my license go through the DCNR mm-hmm. of that state. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania is one of the only states that I hunt that goes through the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Mm-hmm. There is no governing body above them. They know it. We know it. They won't admit it. But that's the bottom line. Hmm. You can call all your legislators and bitch about everything, but the bottom line is it's got to go through the game commission's board of trustees or whatever, whatever they call themselves, in order to get through. And if, if I'm wrong, let people call you, text you, say I'm wrong. I'm okay with that. I've been wrong about a lot of things, but it, it's just until the DCNR has control of our fish and game commission, your legislators ain't got nothing to say. So that's just my personal opinion. If I'm right, I'm right. You can fact check me. Everybody facts checks everybody now. So, but that's just where I am. I am with that. And like I said, I have nothing against the game commission or fish commission. I would not want to do their job. Mm-hmm. End of story. Right. Period. Period. Simple as that. You got to have somebody there to protect it. But I just sometimes I feel they have too much power. Mm. That's all. Anyhow, why are we getting off track here? We were talking about small game, for Christ's sakes. Well, yeah, we don't want to get off track again, but we uh, we were talking about the snowshoe hare hunting. So we'll go back to that. And in snowshoe hare hunting, we were talking about the difficulties and the things you run into. Well, take 100,000 of acres of nothing but bush, put a couple beagles in there, and get them on a hare, and then you have to go in and get it. Yeah, plus 
you might have to wear snowshoes. Well, well, I try not to, and I come back with fallen, swollen feet, and my ankles are swollen. And uh, the snow was not that deep. If if you hit a deep spot, it only went up to your knee. Right. I've been in there where you hit a deep spot, and it went up to your your groin. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't like to wear them. Um, open woods, stuff like that, nothing to it. I mean, it's it's like a walk in a park. Mm-hmm. But when you get into that tight, thick hemlocks, I don't know if they're hemlocks or pine trees. I just call them pine trees because I don't know exactly. Cedars, they have cedars up there. There ain't no way you're doing foot over foot with a pair of snowshoes on. There ain't no way in the world. And uh, I try not to wear them, and then I end up suffering when I get back. But it's, uh, you know, the, the guide keeps telling me, come up in December. He wants me to come in December. He says, you know, there's not that much snow, and the hairs are just starting to turn white, and there's a lot of bare ground. You can see them a little bit better. And But March, we talk about March Madness, right, basketball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, March Madness. March. You want March Madness? Go snowshoe hair hunting in March when they're mating. Mm-hmm. That's March Madness. That's March Madness. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is a lot of fun. Um, like you said, we were up there one year, and uh, – one of the guys we were hunting with actually wounded one and we were, he was tracking it, you know, like a blood trail. And these, these rabbits are, their hairs are much tougher than a cotton tail where, you know, one BB's not going to go and kill them and we're in the snow and he was tracking this thing and wouldn't you know it, he come up on a freaking bear den mm-hmm. and uh, we backed out of there and we were able to call the local uh, game wardens and they came in and the they biologist, us, yeah, they, the biologist they asked if, if we wanted to hang out, and lo and behold, we got to help drink a bear, and yep. she had three cup, well, three or four was she, she had, had. She had three, I think. Yeah. 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 And uh, we were able to go in and, and hold them and check them out, and it was freaking awesome, and actually, I think that was the next day or the day after that. Wasn't that an experience of a lifetime? Yeah, it was unbelievable. That, that was an experience of a lifetime, and... Uh, uh, the kicker was why they rolled in so fast. The biologist was, it was a bear that was never tagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. The sow was never tagged. And, uh, uh, as soon as our guide called it in, um, which he's good friends with the, uh, yeah, the game commission and remind me when we're, we're on this, I do want to mention the guide and, and everything. And, mm-hmm. and then also want to mention, uh, uh, a little bit what happened with the game wardens and me up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just remind me. And uh, and uh, that's why they came in so fast. And they rolled in and they tranquilized her. And uh, and uh, we got to, you know, she was sleeping. We got to pet her and hold her cubs. And what they'll do is when when they're done doing their tests, they pull tooth and all that. You know that, Marcus. Mm-hmm. See how old she is. And, and what they'll do is they'll wipe the cubs down with uh, – pine oil to get rid of the human scent and they'll put the cubs back with the mother and you know this and uh they will go back and check because uh, once the mother's collar they they can track her she, when she gets up and starts moving they'll go back and check the den if the cubs are still there she abandoned them then they will take the cubs they'll be put in an orphanage and then let out in the wild mm-hmm the, so the cubs are never harmed and all this. So it was, uh, yeah, it was experience of a lifetime. But, I mean, hot, you know, you go to Maine and that happens. It's, you know, it's 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 crazy. It's, uh, but 
you're right on that. Yeah, uh, unbelievable experience. And, you know, Pennsylvania does have something set in place, and you, you need to contact the game commission and get involved with the biology. Uh, I think there's a waiting list to go And I was that. just going to say. Yeah, yeah, there's a waiting <clears throat> list to go do that, yeah. Yeah, I know some people that were able to do that. And, yeah, I mean, if that's something that you're interested in doing, get a hold of the Pennsylvania Game Commission and get on their list. And yes. uh, if you're lucky enough, you will get the call and you'll get to go out and do it. And it's an unbelievable yes, experience. Yes, now ours happened in Maine, mm -hmm. which uh, which was nice, too. Which was unplanned. <laughs> and getting back to it, uh, I'm sure everybody watches Northwoods Lodge, and that's why I said to remind me about the game board. So, anyhow, we're our guides. And uh, I don't know if, it, you know, there's a warden on there. His name, his last name is Parker, mm -hmm. and he's on there a good bit. And uh, we're up there. It was uh, when the COVID just rolled in. That was that March when they shut everything down back here in PA. And uh, <laughs> hear a knock on the door at the lodge, and uh, I open the door, and here it's Warden Parker, and uh, we got the bull crap with him, and you know got some pictures with him and stuff like that, and. Uh, you know, just just some of the neat things that go on. I mean, I just you know, it's 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 always it doesn't matter. You know, like a lot of people, maybe they can't go out of state, but they go to camp in PA, mm -hmm. and and they'll relate to me. It's always a good time, right? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter where you're at. You're you're out in the wilderness. You're having a good time, but just you know, I just uh, you know, it's 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 always a good time. Yeah, you know, eating you know. good and oh yeah, always good food, always good food and. You know, it's, uh, you know, no matter if your brother's cooking or your dad or one of the relatives or you're, you're at a lodge somewhere and, and, you know, I've, I've never had a bad experience yet, no matter where I went. So I, I, you know, a lot of the hunting trips we go on are just out of the whim. You know, we just, you know, like the first trip I went up to Maine with this guide, I've been up further north. But this guy here, I just out of the blue, I called him and booked a three-day hare hunt. And when I got to his place and we were done with everything for that three days, it was like we had a freaking home run. And I've been going back up there for the last 10, 12 years, you know? Yep. You know, so it's, it's uh, you know, sometimes divine intervention does help. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great guide and a great place to be. Yeah. Speaking of which, can I? Do you mind if I mention who yeah. it is? Yeah. Go ahead. <clears throat> Anybody's interested in going on a hare hunt or even a bear hunt? Mm -hmm. um, he does do deer. He's not a big deer guide. Uh, moose, if you draw a tag. Um, uh, uh, canoeing, kayak, whatever. I don't know what all he does. Um, it's mid main outfitter outfitters. They are located in Lagrange, Maine, and uh, the the guy's name is Troy White, and uh, uh, just a class act, just a class act place to go. Just mm -hmm. down to earth, nothing fancy, you know. Just it's your basic, uh, you know. It's your it's a really good you know it could be for anybody, but really, if you're cool with just nice, chill, relaxed, and and a good guide, homie. Yeah, homie. That's homie. A, that's homie's a, good way a word to... for it. Yeah, homie. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get steak and lobster or or, sh or shrimp cocktail or nothing uh -huh. like that, but you're going to get uh, you're going to get some of the best meals you ever had. Uh, you know, barbecued ribs, chicken, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Shepherd's pie. I, I, you know, uh, uh, one night did they did do spaghetti. Uh, um, you know, just stuff like that. Just down to earth. 
you know, uh, soul food. Is that the word for it? Mm -hmm. Soul food. Just, you know, and uh, the the lodge that we stay in is uh, just you have your own kitchen. We usually do our own breakfasts. Um, they do pack your lunch for your hunt that day, and then they do feed you the supper. And uh, it's very affordable. Yeah, just give Troy a call. He'll he'll give you a quote. And uh, you know, you, you got running water. Of course, you have a kitchen and all that. And then you have two bedrooms. They have uh, four bunks in each bedroom. And uh, there's cable TV. Not the best of cable, but if you want to watch TV, who the hell watches TV when you're camp? Some people do, but you know, they do have the Western Channel. What is it? Is <laughs> I I. Oh yeah, I don't even know the name of it. Yeah, so so if you like gun smoke and stuff like that, that that channel's on there and stuff like that. But uh all around good people. Um above and beyond the call of they want you to be successful one way or another. And uh just all around just it's it's all good. I mean if anybody goes up to this place I just mentioned and has a bad time, then they're their problem. Not 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 the people up there. They are the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, no, it's a good time, and you've been up there uh, quite a few times. Your brother killed bear up there. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, um, it, it's a place I'd take anybody or invite anybody to go. Right. My, um, you know, I have. You know, I I wouldn't be scared that somebody would call me and say that was the worst place I was ever at because it ain't gonna happen. Right. It ain't gonna happen. And what I try to tell everybody, you know. <clears throat> I've been to North Carolina through guide services. I've been to Alabama through guide services. I've been to Michigan. And and the worst people you hate to see are the ones that think they're going to pay money and it's a guaranteed. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a hunt. Right. It's a hunt. You know, there is no guarantee. And, and you know, we, we, see people like that uh i was just in north carolina um i don't know the guy's name i really don't care he wanted his money back he wanted his money back because he thought he was guaranteed to kill a white-tailed deer mm -hmm. but there is no guarantees right yeah you know, and if if your listeners and you say a lot of them are young mm -hmm. if you think you're going to invest uh, uh 500 a thousand ten thousand five thousand on a hunt and you think you're going to be guaranteed? Don't waste your money. Don't waste your money. It's don't do it. You know, there is no. You want guaranteed? Call the local guy. He's got a bunch of deer in a pen and go shoot one. Mm -hmm. Give him, give him the five thousand dollars. Right. You know what I mean? But if you're going on a fair chase game hunt, um, no, no, no. Don't waste your time. And I ain't out to piss people off. You know that. Right. You know. And uh, it's uh. Well, you got to hunt. What have you been to North Carolina? North Carolina. Alabama. Alabama. Michigan. Indiana. Ohio. Pennsylvania. Maryland. Maine. And Maine. To hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, I've been across the country, but not hunting. You know, and, uh, um, but those are the states I've hunted, and in two years, I'm going to Montana. So, you know, and like I said, you know, uh, the the trip is an expensive trip to go to Montana. Mm -hmm. 
but I've got two years to save the money for it. That's why I try to tell everybody. Right. You know, you know, you hear me talking and, 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 and everybody says, you know, well, you have the money or, or Joe over here goes everywhere because he has the money. Why don't you ask Joe how long in advance did he plan that trip? Right. And, and actually was, was uh, disciplined enough to put that money away for that trip. Right. You know, sometimes, yeah, some people do have money and can just go anytime they want to. Well, I'm not one of them guys. Right. You know, I, I put my money away and then I plan my trips accordingly and, and, and that's it. And, and it's, it's nice to be able to do that, you know, you know, especially, especially when you go with a good group of guys Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not just family that I have that goes, but it's a good group of friends that we go together. You know, everybody pitches in for the gas when you're on the road. If you got to stop and get a lunch somewhere, either one guy buys everybody lunch or everybody just pitches in. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, that's how you do things. That's how you do things. And, uh, it's, uh, and like I said, if it, even if it's out of your reach of money wise and you really, really want to do it, set a goal, put the money away, mm-hmm. set a goal, put the money away because it's, uh, we're only here so long on the earth, you know, and I never let money deter me from going because when I'm laying in a casket, I ain't taking that money with me. Yeah, but yeah. you want buried with your deer heads. No, <laughs> no, no. I got two boys that will take my deer heads. They'll, <laughs> they'll, it, they'll be hanging in their houses. So, <laughs> but anyhow, it's uh, it's it's a trip through time, and you know, yeah, I'm fortunate to be able to go. But everybody's fortunate to go if you want to be disciplined. Yeah. You know, right. simple as that. And find a good, well, always find a good group of guys. No, you're right. I mean, you I know, mean some guys will drive around a $60,000 pickup and be mad that they can't go on a Montana elk But hunt. they can. Right. They can. You just got to say, okay, I can't go and I can't go next year, but I'll be able to go in three years because right. I can be able to save that money. See what I'm saying? You can do it if you want to be disciplined. And yes, we all have bills to pay. I got bills. You got bills. Everybody's. And and when you can't go, you just say you can't go. But if you're planning something in advance, you can go. Yeah. You can afford to go. Yeah. It's 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 all in what you want. That's all. But um, it's uh yeah I I it, I was very fortunate. But you know it was my decision to go do and be able to do what I did. You know these other states and stuff like that. And and it and and it just. You know, I was, I was, I was said one time to somebody, why the hell would you want to travel 11 and a half hours to go kill a rabbit? And I just looked at him and said, well, maybe because I can go do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't being ignorant. It's just, uh, I can go do it. Right. You know, it's something that I want to do, but you know, yeah, it's, you know, now that guy there that said that to me may spend five thousand dollars and go out and shoot a uh, whitetail and i might say to him well i can shoot a whitetail up here on my property why do i want to spend five thousand dollars go shoot a whitetail but i do it anyhow you know i never spend five thousand dollars yet you know the trip to montana is going to be expensive but like i still i went to alabama to shoot a whitetail deer right you know <laughs> i could shoot one up here mm-hmm. you know or i could shoot one down the street from where I live, but it's just the idea, you know. It's, it's all experience, and it's it's a great it's and there's a lot of camaraderie involved too, 
you know, no, you that's... know a lot of bonding and and you know you're 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 with your friends no matter if they're they're female or male or don't make a difference you 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 turn a hunting trip into like a vacation you see what i'm saying you know it's not it's not i didn't kill on all my trips mm-hmm. you know i didn't i didn't take the animal or you know but it's like going to a casino how can i say that never go to a casino and expect to win right you go down there and you enjoy your money for a little bit and have a good time yeah that's it that's the bottom line yeah and when it comes to you're talking about camaraderie but in your life have you ever experienced anything comparable i want to say comparable at the level of the camaraderie that hunting brings outside of hunting or fishing Well, I mean, you you have your family functions, mm-hmm. but when you're with a group of guys that are all on the same path with you, mm-hmm. and and they kind of like all understand that hey, this is a hunt. This ain't a give me. Yeah, that's there's you know you just you just bull crap, and you it's like you leave the rest of the world behind. Right. You know, you know, and it's just you know it's it's. But you know why why does it feel like you know when you're when you're in a group of guys women, whatever it is, and you go out and you kill a deer and you, you all went on that hunt together. Everybody celebrates. We we celebrate the kill together. We're sure. We're sure. And, and that's Fishing, what, doesn't matter. What that's, what, and that's what I'm going back to say. You don't want to be with that one guy that ain't like that because mm-hmm. that could ruin a whole trip. And, yep. and we call them campers cramps. Is what we call them. And I'm very fortunate that I have a group of guys that aren't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, everybody's happy when somebody, it doesn't matter who it is. Hey, you got one. Oh, great. This is awesome. You know, or, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a hunt. I try to tell people that all the time. It's, it's, it's a, it's a hunt. You're, it's not a give me. You're going to spend money. You might not even see an animal. You know, it's as simple as that. Well, but if it was easy, why the listen, hell would we want to do it? You listen, know? listen. I went on two bear hunts over bait mm-hmm. and never seen a bear. Right. Two bear hunts. You know what that tells me? I ain't meant to kill a bear. <laughs> it's simple as that, you know. Right. You know, Now, weather played factors in it and stuff like that. I understand that. But I'm just to the point where the last thing I want to go do anymore is a bear hunt. Yeah. Because, uh, number one, I, I, am I gung-ho about, uh, yeah, I, you know, we eat our bear. Right. And uh, um, if somebody come up to me gung-ho and say, hey, let's go on a bear hunt, I'd probably say, eh, I really done it. I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I had a good time. Was I disappointed I didn't kill? No. You know why? Because there's a group of guys that were at the camps. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had a good time, and, and, you know, like I said, going back to it, it's a hunt. And the same thing getting back to the bear over bait. If you think that you're guaranteed that you're going to kill this animal because it's over bait, you better think again before you decide to book the trip. Right. You know, you know. Now, if it's about just getting away and you're getting the opportunity and you're going to have a good time and camaraderie and whole nine yards, by all means, go. But if you think... Like going to the casino, 
that you think that you're actually going to win and you're just going to keep dumping more money into a machine or onto a table thinking you're going to win and you don't, that's pretty disappointing, ain't it? You can't be like that. It's hunting. It right. is hunting. It is not a give me. You want to give me? Call somebody who's got a cage or a pen and say, hey, I want to shoot this buffalo. You'll have the buffalo brought in. It'll be put in there and you can go shoot the damn thing. Mm -hmm. That's a give me. That's a give me. But I, I do want to move into another thing because yeah. you, you get to do a lot of camping and mm. traveling around a lot of state parks. Mm. So in, in your experience as a Pennsylvania, I want you to give me five of your favorite state parks to go to right now. And um, they don't have to be in any order. Well, listen, you know, you know, I grew up camping at Greenwood Furnace. Mm -hmm. I grew up camping down there, and I loved it down there. The trout fishing was great. Um, didn't do any hunting down there, which, you know, I know a lot of guys that have camps down there. We, 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 everything we did was out of campers. Um, recently, in the past five to ten years, I would have to – Greenwood Furnace is on that list. I would have to say uh, Parker. Dam is probably my number one. Hmm. Um, now, I like to run um, um, the state forest roads. Right. You know, and go over looks and sightseeing and stuff like that when, when, when we're camping. Of course, trout fishing, too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can't trout fish all day, so you need something to do. Right. Um, I First time I was ever at Black Machannon, I liked it. It would have to rate up there. Um, trout fishing... Not so much. Uh, we had to travel in the Phillipsburg to uh, fish Cold Springs mm -hmm. Dam for trout. But as far as the park itself, very beautiful. A uh, lot of uh, uh, state forest roads to run, which that's what I like to do. I like to get in a truck, me and your mother, and we just just drive all over the place, you mm -hmm. know. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Marcus, I've been to a lot of them. Speaking of the state parks, I'll just throw this in. Um, a lot of private camp campgrounds out there, I understand, but uh, the state parks offer a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're beautiful, they're well-kept, and uh, if you don't have a camper, look at their cabins. They have got beautiful, up-to-date, rustic cabins that have running water. Mm -hmm. they got a refrigerator, stove, uh, um, Coozer State Park is right, right up there. I love Coozer State Park for their cabins, and of course the fishing's great. There's a there's a lot of stocked creeks, mm -hmm. dams, uh, Laurel Laurel Hills there. Um, if you're into trout fishing, if you're not, um, Coozer and Laurel Hill offer a lot. They've got they both got cabins, and they're like they're like almost adjoining. Right. And uh, uh, we love it down there. Uh, like I said, I will take nothing away from Huntington County. Greenwood Furnace is awesome. I wish Whipples had cabins. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to stay at the uh, Schaefer's Creek uh, Environmental Center, which is Penn State's campus's dam, which would be on the stocking list, Lake Perez. Lake Perez, yep. And they used to have cabins, but they've got out of reach. I think they weed, weaned or weeded um, us guys out mm -hmm. to cater to... Uh, blue and white weekends such. the college scene right yes. right yeah which is th that's their business yeah. ain't mine you know yeah uh, they're gonna make some money well yeah. they did and they the, the prices are just they're out of range yeah it is a lot and uh but uh uh state parks geez i mean jumping some well i mean 
Now, not everybody just fishes trout. I mean, they fish bass yeah, and stuff like right. that. Now, uh, Glendale, or Prince Glitzen, I should say, I, I'm, I'm okay with Prince Glitzen. I don't camp there because it's too crowded. You know, you know, when you go camping, you want a little bit of serenity, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of openness, you know, stuff like that. And I, I stay away from it. But as far as that lake goes, it's loaded with, you know, bass and mm-hmm. walleye and, 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 and is it musky? I don't think there's pike in there. Um, I, I, I think, think it's that musky. a lot of the local guys go up to Kerwinsville Dam for the musky. I've been up around there, but I cra- haven't. Crappy is good in Glendale. Yeah, lake. yeah, yeah, crappie. Stuff like that. The warm water fish, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, um, but I'm a cold water fisherman. And of course, you know, I had a camp up in, uh, close to Galton and we used to fish, uh, Lyman and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Piney yeah. Creek and, uh, yeah, yeah. Pine Creek and, uh, which is great fishing. It is too. Uh, First uh, fork. And I will say this since they've stocked less fish in the past couple of years, um, it's not as great as what it used to be, but there we go again. That's. That's your fish commission. It has nothing to do with with Mark Petnatty, but they uh, they stock a lot less fish. They don't they don't put in what they used to, and everybody else knows it too. But nothing's going to ever be done about it. So there's no sense in bitching about it. Yeah. You know. Uh, now, if you get up around there, if you're a wild trout fisherman mm-hmm. like you are, right? Um, it's great. <laughs> my every creek that comes off them mountains is is good. Is loaded with uh, native. Yeah native wild trout you know but uh but other than that um as getting back to the state parks i would have to say i've been to many of them um depending on what you want to do you know hiking uh boating Mm -hmm. you know whatever you're into they all offer all that um um very well kept I never ran any problem with a dirty shower house or a dirty bathroom. Yeah, they now, do a wonderful job. Well, they do, and I don't know what happened over to COVID because of, you know, they, you know, this and that, you know, as far as, but uh, I've never had a bad experience in any of the Pennsylvania State Parks. I think they do a great job, and it's very, very affordable. Yeah, very. Affordable. Well, you know, Pennsylvania's we got a rank in the top. Well, we do because I mean, because Pennsylvania doesn't Pennsylvania own the most public lands mm-hmm. or that they're mm-hmm. than any other state, mm-hmm. and and one that I think everybody needs to go see, and it has nothing to do with fishing or hunting, is uh, um, um, oh, jeez, oh, Watkins Glen, or is that the one in New York? That's in New York. What's the other one? Ricketts Glen. Ricketts. Okay. Ricketts Glen. If you want to see waterfalls. Just coming from just regular streams, and I'm not talking just your trickle down kind of waterfall. I'm talking, I think at one's a hundred feet high. Yeah, it's impressive. And, you know, it and it's a it's a beautiful loop to walk, and uh, you know you pack a lunch, and and you just put on hiking boots and a hiking stick, and it just just beautiful, beautiful, totally beautiful. Anybody who wants to go see a great state park, go see that one. You know what I mean? It has it. You can fish if you want, right? You know, but if you just, you know, looking for a getaway or a vacation or even a four day weekend, that's, right? That's really, really, really nice, really nice. But yeah, I've been to a lot of state parks. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, the show is to kind of show off a lot of the things that Pennsylvania has, and I know that that's one thing that we can flex our muscles on. And oh, we can, and not only that, if you really, uh, you know. 
I like to travel abroad, mm-hmm. but I've also looked into what Pennsylvania has to offer. And I'm not just saying state parks, but there is a lot. We just, me and your mother just went up to, uh, oh my God, Bigler Rocks. You know, just a drive right up the road up here. A lot of people don't know about Bigler Rocks. It is pretty neat to see. You know, just take a Saturday or Sunday, say, let's go see Bigler's Rocks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's neat. It's really, really, really neat. And uh, just me and your mother's always been on the thing of, Let's go see what God gave us. Mm-hmm. You know, these tourist traps where you spend a lot of money and, right. and you bring home a ton of souvenirs and nobody even freaking wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make it what God gave us. And and trust me, my trip out west, we pretty much did that other than Mount Rushmore, which was man-made, but you had to pay to get in, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to see Mount Rushmore if you're going in South Dakota. But and I paid to see Dallas Texas Stadium or AT and T Stadium, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. And uh, we, you know, everything else was the Grand Canyon, the Badlands. I'll just go on and on and on with what God has given us to see. And uh, and and as long as you stay away from the tourist traps, it's very affordable. And uh, it's well, well, whatever. But, uh, yeah, Pennsylvania has a lot more to offer than just the state parks. Yeah. I mean, there are waterfalls all over the state Mm -hmm. that you can go see. And some of them are on a back road that goes to nowhere. And it's, you know, I've found these waterfalls through social media and stuff like that. Right. And and, uh, just some of the beautiful things. uh, Coles Run Falls. It's down by Laurel Hill Lake. It's pretty neat to go see pretty neat to see just just out of the blue there's this waterfall and it's it's called coles runs coles run falls something people can go check out too mm-hmm. i mean uh, you know like i said me your mother's been all over the place but i just don't pull up a map and go you know i look at maps and then right. say hey we're gonna go here in a couple of weeks but anyhow well uh, I think I think we covered a lot of topics for tonight. Yeah, I think I think I'm done too. But uh, like I said, it's uh, if you're looking for a cabin fever thing, March is a great time to go um, for snowshoe hares. Now, like I said, some people can wear snowshoes. I can't. I trudge through the snows best I can. But uh, there's, it's a challenging hunt. But like I said. If you go to Mid Main Outfitters, it's more than a hunt. It's right. it's 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 you know it's just a laid back, chill out kind of week. Um, uh, just one more th- getting back to things. Um, you get up in the morning, you make breakfast. He'll tell you nine thirty we're leaving. Probably don't leave till ten thirty. That's we call Troy time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know if he listens to this, he's gonna kick my ass. But anyhow, and. Uh, so you leave there and you get out there. You probably five, ten mile trip with the snowmobiles back into the bush right. somewhere, and then you get out and you hunt, and you hunt till about four or five o'clock in the evening. You pack up, you come back out, come back, settle down, have a refreshment of your choice, and then you go eat the greatest meal you ever had. I right. mean, you just, you just, uh, you know, he's and not only that, his his bear guiding is the top notch. Right. You know, I mean, the, the man goes above and beyond the call. Yeah. 
And, yeah, he uh, does a great job. Yeah, he does. So, but if anybody's interested in a snowshoe hare hunt, I'd I'd give him a call and and uh, uh, one thing that I would really recommend is that you know how to read a compass if you're going to go up there. Well, anymore, <laughs> anymore, um, you know, our cell phones. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, an iPhone has maps on it. You're good with that. There's, there's, there. You at least get one to two bars out in the bush. You know, and closer to the towns and that, you'll get full service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got uh, what's it called, Onyx, mm-hmm. Onyx maps. You ain't gonna get lost. And trust me, the guide Troy will not let you get lost. Right. I mean, you're always right off of a road or a snowmobile trail or something like that. And all you gotta do is mark out location, mm-hmm. and you go into the bush and you try to kill these hairs mm-hmm. and you can always work your way right back right you know, i'm the, just saying you the, gotta you well, gotta be prepared in the well i know that but the days of the compass are coming to an end with uh modern technology yeah so it's uh i'm not saying there ain't places out there that you don't need one right but uh everywhere he takes you, you yeah know, you, you got you've got communication well i just like to to believe that the woodsmanship is still alive sometimes well it is well i said it's not everywhere you know that <laughs> mm-hmm. there's places you're not going to get service out there but uh no I, I everybody should learn how to read a compass mm-hmm. i mean it's a good thing to know and and you have that in your back it's like a trade you know yep you you learn a trade Okay, you're young, you learn a trade, say you get an office job down somewhere and you have that office job for 20 years. All of a sudden you get laid off. What can you fall back on? Right. You can fall back on your trade. Yep. Because you know it. It's, it's the same thing. So anyhow, yes, it's uh, it's been long enough. I've talked my head off. I could talk all night, to tell you the truth. Well, but. yeah, we'll, we're going to catch back up with, with you probably before hunting season and we'll see what the plan is there going into hunting season and well trout season's coming it starts uh well we're going on a bird hunt saturday mm-hmm. we're gonna go kill some pheasants saturday yeah. yep we are that's another thing too i want to mention i want to give a shout out to tnt hunting grounds yeah uh if, you, if anybody wants to book a good priced pheasant hunt and trust me it is a blast and and it's very affordable TNT Hunting, uh, they're in Smock, S-M-O-C-K, Pennsylvania. They would top notch, take care of you. Uh, you do a continental and a field, and they feed you lunch and everything. And I think it's around two hundred bucks, two hundred twenty dollars. Yes, but you need you need a group of ten shooters. Right, right. That's the thing. So you got to have a group of ten, which would be what a hundred birds. Yeah, and it's. Between two hundred, two hundred twenty dollars, a shooter, and everybody's guaranteed ten birds at the end of no matter how many you shoot. You know, everybody they depends if they're blowed up too. You know, some people like using big freaking shells, right? And then blow these birds up, but uh, um, they distribute the birds equally, and everybody goes home with meat. Right. Yeah, it's hard to beat. You ain't gonna beat it. Right. You ain't gonna beat it. So. Anyhow, to give a shout out to them, and we're going Saturday, and uh, we'll talk about it after. Yeah, yeah, they'll get to hear about it after. So if you guys have any questions for me or for my dad, don't be afraid to give us a give me a question there on a DM or anything that's on in the social media. We'll be happy to answer any questions you have. You feel good? Do I feel good? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you later. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. I'm very blessed to be able to have my dad come through the studio, sit down and talk hunting and fishing, and also be able to live that with him outside of the studio. Please go over to Apple Podcast or Spotify, leave a five-star rating a comment and the biggest thing subscribe really helps out the show guys and i really appreciate all the love coming in and all the comments and all the love coming in and all the messages please keep tuning in i'll keep bringing you all the information that i can for your entertainment and your joy see you soon